Welcome to Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with a couple of announcements, I guess. Um, next week, we're going to try to add a song back on Wednesday night. Try to start out with a song like we used to do it and try to get us all warmed up. Uh, tonight, it was mainly, there was hardly any women in here when we started, so it would sound a little strange. So we decided against it tonight. So we'll try to start next week, maybe. Uh, a couple of announcements. Brenda Scott is in ICU, I saw. So pray for Brenda. Uh, Brenda's not been in good health uh, as long as we've known Brenda. So please pray for her. And good news, over at the Bible camp tonight, uh, Anna Adams, the, the daughter of Steve and Cynthia, and Jaden Robinson, the daughter of Mike and Fran, are both planning on getting baptized. See, what's it? Huh? Did I say his daughter? Well, that's sad. I know better. Jaden, the son of Fran and Mike. So let's hope the rest of the class goes better than that, huh? So... Anyways, they're both been baptized this evening, so that's a, that's a good thing. Um, that's, a, that's a positive thing, so move on from there. Tell you what, let's start with a prayer, and then we'll get going. Dear Lord, we ask that you be with each one of us tonight. Help us to have open hearts. Have to, help us to have soft hearts. Help us to draw closer to you each day. Uh, help us to explore your world, word. Help us to strengthen one another. Help each of us draw a little closer. Father, we ask for your blessings on each one of us, on the church in, as, in general, and the world that needs you so desperately. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we'll pick up from here. Um, yeah, so Matt's gone, on, um, so I'm filling in. And um, I guess I'm not really filling in, I'm just teaching. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not filling in. I'm just teaching. So uh, Steve's running an AV thing by himself, so if you're watching online... Uh, it's a one-man show tonight, and it's Taming the Octopus, or the Cthulhu, as that may be. So, anyhow, uh, we're going to talk about idols a little bit. So why, would you, why do you think we want to talk about idols? Why do I want to talk about idols? Cell phones? Just, wow, Mickey just gets right to the heart of it. Just cell phones. This is just... This is <laughs> Mike? In the Old Testament especially. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely prominent in the Old Testament. You do, you see, and I like it, they're very, very prominent in the Old Testament, and they taper off through the New Testament. And, and you're right, it's kind of, and that's what I'm going to start out with. In a couple chapters of 1 Corinthians that we studied, we brought up idols, and we kind of just gloss over it, you know? Idols. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how we look at it, right? Because it's just weird. So, Chuck? The reason is to discuss, well, to discuss what we put before God. That's it. Discuss what we put before God. Uh, I like that. That's a good answer. That's, we're going to try to get into that too. I will tell you that uh, I don't think Satan wanted me to teach this lesson. If there was something that could have gone wrong today, it probably did. Um, we had no internet and phone for half a day. Uh, this afternoon I had several problems, including uh, my American citizenship was revoked. And I am a citizen of unknown origin to three aerospace and defense companies. Um, so apparently, I'm a felon for what I did. Um, hopefully, they'll get that fixed. But that's what a who, why? I don't know. But, anyways, it wasn't really revoked. It was just somebody apparently has checked the wrong box. So, anyways, um, so we're going to talk about idols. Anybody got anything else? Shad? If you were an idol, that wouldn't happen to you. If I was an idol, that would not happen to me. That's right. You guys would have done something cool, done a little dance. Interpretive dance would have probably been a good thing to keep these 
tragedies from happening. There was no pie at the shop today. It's another tragedy that happened. Waffle House still isn't open. Waffle House is still not. You know, that's what I meant to do. Steve brought me one of their globes from their lights as they were tearing it down. I was going to bring it in here because, yeah, as much as I love the Waffle House, my plan is to take that and hang it in our bedroom, right? Hang this Waffle House light in. <laughs> William? Just to add, it's also it's one of the things that separate us from God. It is. It's what separates us from God. And that's really what we want to look at, is it's what separates us from God. And, and that's what he's warned us about. It's, it separates us. And so it's, it's not just sin, it's collective, it's kind of a, a pattern, it's a path, it draws it, it takes us, it puts God in a second place, a third place, a no place, so, all right, one of the verses, like I said, last week we wrote 1 Corinthians 10, therefore my beloved, flee from idolatry, that was one of the lines, that's the one I want to start with, and I want to end with it, 1 Corinthians 10, I mean this is, like Mike said, Old Testament's full of idols, you're pretty deep into the New Testament, and he's still warning us, flee from idolatry. And it's not only the church at Corinth. This is the church at North Vart. You know, we're reading it. It applies to us. It's not like we can say, whatever. You know, it applies to us today. Did anybody need to hear this today? Nobody admits to it, at least, right? So... I mean, did you think you wanted to study idolatry? Probably not. You know, to be honest, it's probably not something any of us really thought we needed to hear and grow with today. But that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 4. A couple weeks ago, we covered 1 Corinthians 8. It said, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, that there is no God but one. And this one, that chapter always seems weird. You know, who here ever thinks about where your meat came from? You don't want to think about it, right? If you've ever been to a slaughterhouse or watched a video, you don't want to think about it. Anybody want to know what's in a hot dog? Everything. Everything. Everything is left. Everything. <laughs> it's, it's everything is left. Um, yeah, Steve sent me a, a breakfast menu from the Bahamas, and I thought it had chicken souse on the menu. I said, don't eat that. Anyone know what souse is? When you can see the, the eyelashes and stuff in South because it's everything. But it turned out it was chicken soup, but that's just what it was. But it was a lot cooler. It's chicken South. Um, yeah, you know, the rule of Mexican food, don't unroll that. You don't want to see inside. You know, don't ask what's inside Chinese food. Um, I learned that from guys that were from Malaysia at college. What are you eating? Don't ask. Don't ask. And it's, it's still a kind of a strange thing. Anyways, I cheat while I sit back there with the AV thing. I play whack-a-mole with the microphone buttons, but I also monitor the chat room. I have this Bible gateway open with the scripture, and I typically have, like, Kaufman's commentary open in another tab. So I cheat with sitting there looking through this stuff. And something that kind of caught my eye as Kaufman was talking about this, and it says, the sophisticated arguments of the knowledge party in Corinth are apparent in this. Since idols had no existence in fact, they felt safe in ignoring the popular superstitions regarding them. And Paul allowed the argument to stand for the moment. It's certainly be, being true that there is no God but one, 
that an idol actually had no existence in reality. And basically, at the time, they're kind of glossing over it the same as we do. Is, you know, are idols really a concern? Do you worry about the little engraved images? Do you worry about that stuff? Kind of no, until you redefine them. Anyways, what really caught me out is the second half of that. However, although Paul did not recognize idols as having any real existence, even as false deities, he, has certain, he was certain that evil spirits and demons exist. That in reality, these were behind the idols that were using them to seduce men from the worship of the true God. So that's what caught my eye. Although it's not the idols, it's the demons and the evil spirits behind them that are seducing people away from God. And this is, that's the warnings. You know, if this is happening, that's why it's so real. It's not the little piece of rock. It's not the little Cthulhu or Molech or, you know, it's, it's, the, it's what's behind them trying to pull us in. Is that still real today? Or is there, are there still forces trying to pull us away from God? Yeah. You know there are. You know it. You faced it each day. You, you know people do. Uh, Chuck and I were talking about it the other day. How many people in the, in the congregation, just this congregation, how many people have been Christians for 50 years? You know, and they still, they study, they worship, they come to learn, they see things from a different angle, and they're still pulled. You know, in some degree, hopefully, and they're better off than the rest of us, but they're still pulled, you know, and it's there. In 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20, what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything, or that it's an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. This is a verse in last week's lesson. And uh, Kaufman's comment on that was, despite the fact of an idol being nothing at all, there is, nevertheless, a Satan in the world, and a great number of malignant spirits, perhaps even fallen angels, who are used by the evil one to attain his goals regarding human corruption and destruction. And the second part of that, the vice of the idol is used by Satan as a means of destroying people's souls. And Paul brings such facts as these into sharp focus here. One of the great blind spots in modern thinking regards the very existence of Satan as a person. What most universally prayed prayer on earth says, deliver us from the evil one. So I got these from Kaufman's commentary. Kaufman's an old school, um, was he from Abilene? Is where he was? He was a professor at Abilene Christian University. I think his stuff is probably 40, 50 years old. It may be a little bit older than that. It's usually uh, baseline. It's a, it's a good... Like I said, I look at it, but sometimes some of his comments are really, he spent a lot of time in it as a, as a Bible professor and everything and like that. We can, over, we can lessen Satan to being a person when it's that universal prayer delivers from the evil one. And you've heard it, it's part of the Lord's Prayer. If people don't know much more, they know John 3.16 and they know that much. So anyways, that's probably the power of it's pulling, what guy, pulling us away from God. So what is an idol? Um, Exodus 20, so we're going to start in the Ten Commandments, just because. Because it starts out, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything in heaven above, whether it is in the earth beneath or it is water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Check, right? 
Okay, so what's an idol? Looking at the first two commandments. Or actually, it's two and three, isn't it? Chuck? A cheap imitation. I guess it's really one and two. Yeah, it's a cheap, it's a cheap imitation. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no god that ranks number one and put me at number two, number ten, top forty. You know. <laughs> you know, that's, that's another word. The little A, you shall have no other gods before me. The little footnote, the ESV says besides. So you should have no other god beside me. It's God. That's it. Not the other ones. All right. So what's an idol? Cheap imitation? Is that good enough? We'll take that, right? Okay. Anybody know what a cheap imitation? Give me a cheap imitation of something valuable out here in the world. Cubic zirconia. Okay, I'll start with that one. Crab with a K. How about that one? Crab with a K, right? It's white fish, right? Like the crab salad. How about anything else? Sports car? Sports bar? Sports car. A cheap imitation of a sports car? There are some cheap imitations of sports cars. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk a real sports car or the stuff that you can afford? Yeah, a real one. Yeah, just fake ones of those too. William? Yeah, I really think that uh, uh, idol, what you're saying that what God gives you is not sufficient. And I know I changed the subject on you, but I, uh, I, I, I think back to uh, Adam and Eve. God gave them all the trees of the the garden and told them they, they, they could eat whatever they want except that one tree. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, we, we eat, they wanted that one tree. One tree. And God say, you know, don't eat, eat of that. And you think of Israel when they conquered the, the land and God told them, what not to do, especially with the inhabitants of the land, they adopted their, their, their idol gods. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I think about that, it's, it's pretty much saying, even though God provides you with all you need, you want more. You want more. Something that satisfies some other need. That's right. That's it. I like that. Chad? An idol is anything that takes your eye off the prize. It could be uh, a church that's all about itself, a video game that you're wrapped up in, um, your job. Uh, could be a lot of different things. That's what the idol kind of means to me, that it, it it's occupies your time with something else besides the truth. Exactly. Exactly. And we're going to get, I hope to get to that. That's, but you're right. That's where, that's the plan is it's more than little pocket gnomes and stuff. It's, if we think about it that way, we'll just gloss over it and just keep moving. But it is. It's that stuff that takes it away. Tiff? I have had people come to me and say that having things like a cross or even the little fish of the Baptist shoes, that those are considered idols because those are carved images. Yeah. The, yeah, the cross and the fish, are they? Are they not? To me, they're not. To some people, they could be. 
And I think that's some of that's the same way too, you know. I mean, to some people, maybe it is. Maybe that's what they, I don't know. I don't know how it works because it's, it doesn't affect me, you know. Like I said, a little, the little Cthulhu thing doesn't affect me either. So, but you're right. To some people it is. To most of us, like Paul said, it's a nothing. It's just a nothing. It's a simple. Bob? If you didn't read his word, nobody would realize this is there. When he says, I want no gods, you know, I'm a jealous God. I'm a, unless you read that, you don't know it. So that's why today, there's just as many. Because you see, all the way through the Bible, people preach it and interpret it. They say it's just as bad today as it was back then. Because the majority of the people don't read it. Right. And so they don't know. So, I mean, even people who go on game shows, they say, oh, I brought my lucky charm with me. They, they don't realize what they're doing. They put something else in God's place that's worth more, and they totally, like I said, they never read it. They don't know. Chuck? I'm kind of wondering, with an idol, it's something that you put your faith in other than God. Yes. Money. Put my, the, the, the parable that he told about the man who had so much stuff he had to build new buildings in order to store all of his stuff. His faith was in his props, in his money, his power. And that's where he put his faith. And he put it in God. He put it, put it in what he had. And, and so I think from... From an idol standpoint, certainly people were putting their faith in all the Greek gods and then all the Roman gods and then all the ancient gods and everything like that. That's where they put their faith instead of they're putting their faith in God. So to us, we don't really have Roman, Greek, ancient gods as a whole. They're resurfacing. You know, certainly churches that worship Satan are are certainly idol worship, okay? Yeah, but yeah. but they're going straight to Satan. They're not even going to a, a demon cloaked in some sort of an idol. They still call it church, ironically enough. Church, yeah. yeah. What, what you're doing is you're putting all your faith. You know, I mean, we could say uh, in your grandkids, I put all my energy, all my faith, all my time in, into this in these children or something like that. And it, there's nothing left. You put all all that energy into that, all that faith into that one thing, whatever it is, or person, and not in God. I had thought about, as I'd studied and I thought about this lesson, was um, some of the parables. And we know where God is in the parables. For instance, the prodigal son. We know that the father is, represents God. So the son that wants his stuff so he can go away, leaves God. He's found something bigger than God. Give me my share. I'm going to go. He's found something bigger that he's going to put all his trust in. The parable of the talents. Um, you know, the guy with two grows two more. The guy with five grows five more. The guy that had one, you know, again, it, it's God gives him one. And what's he do? He buries it in the ground. He doesn't trust that God gave him something to work with. A lot of the parables with God in them, you see people... They found something new, something bigger that they follow. So, yeah, we'll keep cruising. So we can... uh, Ezekiel 14, 3, And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, 
These men have taken their idols into their hearts, set the stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces, so that I indeed let myself be consulted by them. Anyone want to put that in English? I thought I'd even find a version that actually had that, something that you could understand. But People have taken idols, something that makes them stumble, and they've set it before their face, and they follow those idols. That's when they're following. That's when they fall. Uh, but it's, they know it trips them up, and they know they follow it. And God is who says this, and he says, should I even listen to these people? That's really what he says. Should I, take, should I hear their prayers? And this is in Ezekiel. The word in here that says idols, I, my understanding is the Hebrew word really means round. So these men have taken their rounds. I know, weird, huh? So what's round, as we think about idols, sorry about that. Idols are typically natural things. They are the people used to worship. They've carved in stuff. You know, the, the warning, in, warning back here was don't take anything from heaven or on the earth or in the water. So what's round? When you think about idols, idol, idolatry, idol worship, Name something that's round. The earth is round. It's spherical. That's good. I like that. So it's, it's almost spherical. But yeah, it's basically spherical. So the earth, the sun, the moon. People worship that stuff, right? Chad? The wheel on Price is Right. The wheel on Price is Right. Oh, yeah. The wheel of fortune. The wheel of fortune. Yeah, well, the wheel on Price is Right was too, right? They give a big spin. So yeah, that gets it to be in the money. That's round right there. So what else is round? What's natural that's round? Fruit? I like that. It could be fruit. As a matter of fact, uh, Chad Tagto, I know he said when he went to Ghana, it's the only first time he really saw a real idol, and it was a bucket full of liquor with a machete in it. And people would drop off their money and stuff for their prayers. So, I mean, and liquor typically comes from some kind of sugar, like fruit. So, yeah. And I don't know why that idol was that, but that seems kind of strange. But So, it could be fruit, especially if you get into grapes, right? Oranges? Oranges. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking grapes because, I mean, you know, wine and stuff like that. Um, as they get into it. What else is around? Stuff that's natural is, is berries, nuts, stones. And they make idols out of stones, out of wood, that kind of thing. Um, what's, what's that? Cross cut of a tree is round. Cross cut of a tree is round. Yeah. And they, um, I know the Canaanites had altars on every hill and on every tree. So that's, you know, the tree was part of that. There was two more things I had. I forget what one of them is, of course. Um, oh, think about round. Uh, a lot of times, huh? Oh, Tiff? William, sorry. Tiff's like, huh? Oh, get off the round uh, machine here. Uh, you know, I, I think about how God's people, uh, when they are... are I guess leaderless, or they're looking for something. I think about the golden calf. Yeah. And uh, 
I also think about the, uh, the serpent on the staff that, you know, eventually, uh, even though it was used to heal the people, they, it, it became an idol. It became an idol. Yeah, so Something that's good. all I wanted to add. Those are good, those are good examples. I think idols is one of these things that, Although I try to cram it into 45 minutes, it probably needed about six hours or something. But yeah, those are two idols we see. Uh, one other thing is dancing, running, going in circles. That seems to be a part of idol worship sometimes. I don't know why. If you, that just seems to be part of it. Kids, plug your ears. Ready? Sex. It's got a lot of round stuff with that too. So and that's always part of it too. So these are kind of, the rounds make sense when you start thinking about it. So... Um, idols, anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, anything that, seek, that, that you seek to give an idol, is anything more important to you than God? Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, anything that you seek to give you when only, what only, I can't even read that my eyes, what only God can give. So, this is by Tim Keller. Tim Keller's got a book called Counterfeit Gods. This is a quote from him, and it's not a bad quote. This is, hits his description of an idol as he goes through his book. I think Kyle Eidelman has a book on something similar to on idols that we studied with the men's group one time. It's good, too. I like this definition, though, and we've talked about it already. It's anything, that, anything more important to you than God is. Psalm 135, we'll kind of hit this one quick. The idol of the nations were silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust them. So the warning against worshiping idols, and it talks about if you worship idols, you'll become like them. They have mouths but they don't speak. They have eyes but they don't see. They have ears but they don't hear. You put your trust in an idol, you'll become just like them. You won't see, you won't hear, you won't trust. You'll be like them. Jonah 2.8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. I wouldn't want to give that up. Because they've, given, they, they've put in their love and their hope in something else given it to them, rather than God who is love. So idolatry of God's people, it almost sounds stupid, doesn't it? But you all know. I mean, anybody in here already knows idolatry existed. It still exists. Um, so today's trivia question, what was the first allusion to idolatry in the Bible? First time we see idolatry in the Bible? Even the state. It probably is. <laughs> doesn't really call it an idol, but you're, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. that it's, it's really, if you really break it down, it is idol worship, like as we just defined it. But it doesn't just call it flat out an idol. How about that? Genesis 31, 19. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. So that's the first time that idolatry is flat out mentioned. So Four questions, just for most of you guys know, but just to catch everybody else up. Who is Rachel? Who is she married to? Who is his dad? Who's his grandpa? It's a southern greeting right here. So, who is Rachel? Who's she married to? Jacob. Jacob. Jacob had another name? 
Israel. So there you go. You see how important he is. Israel is the son of Isaac. 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 Isaac is the son of Abraham. Abraham. There we go. If you listen to the song there in VBS, you already knew all that stuff. But anyways, so you tie that together, and the reason for that is in Joshua 24, Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, and they served other gods. So, like I said, Rachel has daddy's gods. But Israel, Jacob's gods, his grandpa worshipped other gods too. So it was there prior to that. It just wasn't mentioned that in the order of the Bible. In 24.14 in Joshua, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. They picked up idol worship while they're in Egypt. They're there a very long time. Egyptians had idols. They picked those up. They became part of the culture, unfortunately. Deuteronomy 4.23, Take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and made a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. So still more one. Uh, anyways, still there. That was while they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Judges 6.10, And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites and the whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. They get to the promised land, and they're still picking up idol worship. Second um, Kings, I'm not even going to read it. Second Kings 17.35.40, The northern kingdom, all, those God, all the kings of that, all worshipped idols. It became, and I know they said it, for instance, when they moved into Canaan, the description of the land was it was vomiting out the Canaanites. And I love that description, that the Canaanites were so bad, the land itself was vomiting them out. And their idol worship was so great, that the job of the Israelites was, well, they weren't Israelites, I guess, Hebrews, wipe them out, wipe out their gods, get rid of this, it'll contaminate you. But what happens is they get so good at idol worship that it's everywhere. It's part of the culture. Anyway, you get the picture. So, why worship idols? 2 Timothy 4.4, 4, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So generation after generation, we just looked at kind of a quick history of God's people. Common people, kings, priests, prophets, have fallen prey to false gods, putting them before God. Why? And these aren't just, I mean, the Gentiles are the Gentiles. God's people. Why? Sure. They're easy to manipulate. Okay. Yeah, because the real guy is not real easy to manipulate, is he? He just, he just doesn't really change. Shad? I think um, nowadays we're... we're we figured out that you, you know, you can't worship a snake, you can't worship a cow, you can't worship a goat, you know. But I think nowadays, what I see around me, identity politics is taking the form of idols. And I mean, you know, we see it every day in our communities. Um, people get absorbed by these, you know, all sides, everywhere, of, of things that really don't mean anything. And people are absorbed by it. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you could portray that as an idol, but it surely is taking away a lot of time from people. And it does fit in, and it can be. And it does fit in with this. The, the itchy, itching ears, they accumulate, selves, they accumulate teachers for themselves. If you're on social media or something, those who believe this side will group together and they'll try to build up their case. And the group that's on this side will do that. And they scream and yell and everything, but the people over there just don't care. Right? It's just they don't care. You're just screaming at them and yelling at themselves from both sides a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, this side feels the same way. I've told you a million times, but right. you just don't listen because they don't care. But it just seems so rampant anymore, so massive. They get so mad and so upset and so, like you said, absorbed that they forget. <laughs> it's all about me. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's it. And that's really it. And you keep up teachers. Carl? Why, you know, maybe God's people turned away to idols so many times. And while we still struggle with it somewhat today, even though for 2,000 years <clears throat> we've, done, we've done a lot better than ancient Israel because of the circumcision of our hearts. But I think part, I know for me, I get tested the most with serving other things because I think we all wrestle with God like Jacob did in our own little ways. You know, from, from battling our own bodies to do God's will, or we get sick and you know, sometimes, sometimes I just battle my own body, and that wrestling, I think, sometimes makes me want to give up. You know? Yeah, that's true. We do all wrestle with God in our own different way. Uh, I agree with that. Um, I've said there are a lot of people who faithfully believe in God, but they're also faithfully attached to the world. It's not an either-or; it's a both. It's a both, and, and there is that struggle. And that sometimes that's where the idol thing is, is when this side comes more than this side is really where you see it. Do we have to go to heathen lands to find these idols to worship? No. Do you have to leave the orange carpet to find these idols to worship? No. So, yeah, you don't have to go to heathen lands. You don't have to go to the land of the Amorites or the whatever. Uh, here's a book I read. I'm not recommending this as a church book. Go ahead, Susan. Back up. Look at the term heathen lands and worship. But if you've ever lived in a country that is a very sophisticated country where they serve gods in a different way than we see them in the United States, you understand how they fall prey to it. In Japan, they have eight or nine gods because they want a tangible god to thank or ask for for their land. They don't worship it by sacrificing animals or anything like that, but they do will lay a pot of rice in front of the perfect God and, and all this, and I think this is what in the Bible is taught when they go to the land where they see lots of gods. Not everybody is like the Philistine where they they sacrifice animals no. and they do all that, but man, since God and Adam separated in their form of communication, man has always looked for something to replace that closeness. And for them to touch something that's concrete and talk to that has kind of filled the void. Because the Jewish Bible says it was two generations before actual idols appeared in the time of Enos. Okay. Not Enoch, but Enos. And from that time, the more separated man became from God, the more he looked 
for something tangible to replace God. And it, the devil took advantage of it. I like that. I know from what I've read, some of the uh, religious groups that are making the, the greatest rise, for instance, in America, have a feeling of spirituality to them. Um, Islam, with their five prayers a day and their strict, their strict rules about alcohol and stuff. It feels spiritual. I feel closer to God. So people, you know, they, they, they go towards that. Uh, that's just an example. But um, I know uh, the Pentecostals, some of that, it's a growing thing too because they feel it. You feel it. So, yeah, people are always looking for that closeness and something tangible is a big chunk of that. Thanks. I read this book. It's not a church book, even though it says American Gods. Uh, it's a fantasy book. And uh, I'll tell you right now, it's just what it is. Um, so anyways, I found out Neil McGaiman won, won awards for writing fantasy fiction, I mean, fantasy horror, and I don't know what all he's got awards for. So I've read a couple of his books. Um, anyways, that book is a war, basically, by breaking down. It's a war between the old gods and the new gods. That's my six-word book review right there. It's a war between the old gods and the new gods. The old gods that I have in the book are Norse gods, Egyptian gods, Hindu gods, uh, Native American gods, and more. So, so they're setting up to have a war with the new gods because everybody's leaving them. They're not, they've forgotten all these, and they're looking for these new gods. William? You know, really, I, I, I really think that when you look at idols, you've got to kind of look at yourself because... Man wants to be the center of the universe. He, he wants to be the one that makes things happen. And that's one of the things that uh, intrigued Eve was that Satan told her she can, God knows that if she eat of that tree, that she would be like him. She would be a God. And I, and I, I just think we tend to, uh, uh, from, we tend to try to take God's place. We want to be God. We want to be God. And uh, that's our downfall. That's our downfall. And, we want uh, to be God. This book, The New Gods, anybody want to guess? Like William just said, people want to be God, and they want to be all-powerful. Any guesses of what the new gods are in that book? No guesses. What's that? Politicians would be a really good guess right there. Um, it says it's just a book. Uh, so, Chad? You have to, you have to have something that you don't know that you want to go get, and that's what we were promised at the end. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? You, if you knew God and you knew what God was all about, besides what you read and whatnot, if you truly knew God, you'd be too good for this world. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the answer. You're right. And that's why it all, it all disappears. It all withers away. It all rusts away. This book, The Other Gods, were technology, the internet, media, pop culture, conspiracy theories, the invisible hand of the stock market, globalization, transportation, cosmetic surgery, drugs. Anyways, you can see some of these as being guys. Susan? I appreciate what he's saying, but those things only become new gods because we let them. All right. those things could also be used, almost all of them, to spread the word of God. 
same thing happened in the Bible. There were a lot of things there, but it's how the devil managed to come into our hearts and take us away. In and of it, none of those things are wrong. None of those really, you're right. They're not really God's tools. But like you said, they're tearing the people away from the old gods. And like I said, it's not a book about religion at all, but I like the fact that the world has their own new, new gods, and we, and we know that. Two quotes that I've had already in the class as we go into the next section. I know there's not much time, and I'm sorry I didn't get there faster. An idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart, an imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. And the device of an idol is used by Satan as a means of destroying people's souls. And Paul brings such facts as these into sharp focus. One of the great blind spots is thinking that Satan's a man. The most universal prayer on earth says, deliver us from the evil one. So today's idols. I got two places I borrowed, stole, copied this from. I said I ran out of time, but it's the same idea as looking at some of this stuff. Four questions you need to ask is one of the articles I looked at in 10 common idols in our lives, how to resist them. Idol of self. We've kind of we've brought these up. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a one, I got like ten gods, ten idols here that that meet this this definition. Something that can be that can be more important to you than God. The self, the lie of, of idolatry is I deserve to be happy. I need to do what works for me. Can't handle all of this, and I need to run away from it and do something for myself. Sometimes that God of self is, I want it's all about me and not for God. Paul? Paul said in Colossians 3 that greed is idolatry. For greed to function, all it needs is a focal point. Yeah, it's all it needs is a focal point. A little. That's all, you know, it's not that, it's the dollar bill. But it's, yeah, it only needs a focal point, and it becomes. Four questions that, it, that I found that to ask yourself is, is your own self, are you becoming an idol? Am I willing to compromise my beliefs for whatever it is, to get or do what I want? Am I willing to compromise my own beliefs? Will I get angry if I can't do or get what I want? How does it make me act towards people who love me? Does it push me closer to God? You know, we all look out for ourselves, right? Look out for number one. That's you got to, right? But when it becomes so important that you're going to compromise your beliefs, it's an idol. You get angry because something or somebody wants to get in your way. If you're pushing away people that love you, you become an idol. Does it push you closer to God? Or is it tearing you apart? Security. Tell me about security. How is that an idol? Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get security. And he's putting your security in something that's temporal as opposed yeah. to eternal. Well, it, yeah, there you go. He, his security was in, he's got years and years of grain stored up. He doesn't even need to go back to work. Like I said earlier, I've apparently lost my American citizenship. Man, I make a living on the fact that I was born here. So, you know, 
yeah, I've lost, you know, in some essence, I've lost that security. It's, it's a typo, but I'll get it back. But I don't know what would happen if I lost that, you know? But I could, anyways, the security of locks on your doors to keep all your precious stuff there. If you've ever had your house robbed, you know, you know how bad that feels. So the security going home to family, I don't know. Approval, we all like to be liked, right? What will you do? What will you compromise for approval? Oh, Bertha already said it, politicians, right? They'll compromise anything for approval. Vote for me. I'll lie to you for your vote. All right, so approval can be an, an idol. Relationships. And the quote I found was, if I just hang out with my friends, I'll be happy. If I fall in love, I'll be happy. And that relationship can be, well, that's the only thing keeping me happy. So it pushes away something God can provide, or does provide, the difference between happiness and joy. What would you, compr what would you compromise? Are you willing to compromise your beliefs for that? Are you willing to push away people who love you for something new? Success. We'd all like to make more money, right? We'd all like to have a cooler car, bigger house, more success. We'd all like to move up the, move up the chain with let, but not have as much responsibility or as many people screaming and yelling at you at least. Um, but what are you willing to do for it? And some people will do anything to move up the chain. Money, the almighty dollar. We know what people do for dollars. What was that guy that raised the price of insulin? Was it insulin that he raised it from like $5 to $3,000? There you go. Chat? I think you were on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. He's very wealthy. They asked him, what makes you, you could retire, you could do anything you want in the world, you can have anything you want. What makes you get out of bed in the morning? You know what his answer was? You know what it was. Morning. To make another dollar. To make another dollar. That's, there's a lot of people that way. A lot of people are upset with like guys like Jeff Bezos when they said the Amazon drivers don't get bathroom breaks and stuff like that. You know, Guys got billions of dollars and that happens. You know, But at the same time, some of the richest people around ever, Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Gates, they got to the point where they gave away billions of dollars pretty cool. But anyways, wealth can be an, an idol. What would you do to keep every single dollar? Health. For me to run, for me to do a triathlon at this point, right? 55 years old. I'm overweight. For me to, I'm ready, I'm doing it, right? Triathlon, I want to run the Disney Marathon in January, right? What would I have to give up? What would I have to compromise to get in that kind of shape? Charlie said I could probably do it. That's the coach. Chad? Probably your heart for a new, younger one. She could find a new, younger one after I die, probably. That's probably one of, one of those would happen. You could, you could do it. I got friends that are my ace that run marathons, and they, they run every day and, and stuff. Um, and yeah, at the same point, what if I just stopped caring, you know? Pack on another 100 pounds. Go ahead and you know, work my way into cancer. Work my way into just not caring about my health at all. 
you know. That could be another one. Food. We had to go there, didn't we? Uh, can food be an idol? Can be. Can your Epicureanism? Epicureanism? I'll eat everything. Every, I need to eat anything and everything. Yeah, I've read books where they have clubs that eat uh, like endangered species. We have the endangered species of the moth club, and everybody gets together to eat Komodo dragon or whatever it is. You know? So, yeah, there's. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say veganism. Uh, I'm not trying to come down on everybody that's vegan, but some people, to be a vegan is a religion. It's a. Uh, it's a huge effort. I don't know how they do it. But some of them, it becomes a religion that they, that they live. Any, yeah, really, about any diet really is to be effective. You've got to live with it. Carl? About food is, um, you know, being a Christian and, uh, you know, trying not to sin, to follow the Lord and stuff, that's stressful. And I think that's a large reason why so many people in the church are a lot bigger and I think that uh, maybe if we I know personally I'm trying to deal with my inner stress that, to handle it because you know trying to, to do exactly what the Lord wants is, is stressful and I, and I you know and it obviously affects me you know so. yeah. and it goes the other way too I, I knew a girl in college that she said when she was when she was satisfied and her life was good she weighed more and she would thin up when things weren't going good. And it was, yeah, same kind of, same thing, just different flop it there. Intellect, what are you willing to compromise for your beliefs? What are you willing to push people away? Be the smartest one around or to look the smartest? I can have Steve turn off the microphones and never take an answer. I'll tell you what I need to say and you just take it, right? I become the idol at that point. It could happen that way. That's another way. Comfort. We'll find an end here. Back to the scriptures that really kind of got me going. First Corinthians 10, 19 and 22. What do, I, what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? That an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I, don't want, I do not want you to be participants with demons. And with these things we kind of looked at, what are you giving to that idol rather than the one are you giving to God? In verse 21, cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Those are powerful, powerful statements. Can you be, can you be so absorbed with your idol that you shouldn't even be taking the Lord's Supper, that you shouldn't even commune with the Lord because you're communing with demons. And I'll finish it off with this statement. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And that's it. Thank you all for joining me this evening. I know it was a weird topic, but uh, thanks for joining me, and thanks, uh, thanks for talking up.